Now Dumb for having us. And hello and welcome to a very special event today. Um, we are joined at the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. We are joined by two blokes from the Don's Cast Podcast, Mr. Nick Budd and Mr. Jamie Robertson. G'day, boys. Hey, Scott. Hi, Grant. Grant. Scott. Thank, thanks for joining us, boys. Um, with me, as always, is uh, Mr. Scott McNeese. How are you, Scotty? Hello, everyone. Good to be back. Uh, look, pretty exciting uh, podcast today. Very different to what we what we've done before. But uh, look, I'm a bit of a, a motto with a uh, you know, I like the Bomber family and, and, you know, and I've listened to the Donscast guys and, and hearing their show and really like it and got to know Jamie a few times talking back and forth and, uh, and look, they've, they've been very gracious in, in their comments towards our show as well. So a uh, big thanks for that. So I, I thought it'd be great to actually, like, what if we had um, just the two podcasts going on together and, and just having a fun chat and just, we're both all four of us are, are passionate Essendon people. Uh, so I thought, let's just have a fun chat and, um, and, and we'll get the, get the guys on and um, maybe have some laughs, maybe have a chat, maybe just think of our own trade scenarios and, and do Dodoro's <laughs> job for him. Um, so look, I, I guess, can I just start just quickly before we even discuss this and can you tell us about uh, what sort of led you guys to start up the podcast? Uh, well, uh, Nick and I obviously listen to your podcast regularly, uh, all, you know, for the last couple of years. And, um, obviously, the other one was The Sash. Um, and we commented on the different dynamics of each podcast. And yeah. um, Nick lives in Canberra, and um, I'm obviously a Melbourne boy. And um, what we'd do after every game, um, I would spend the hour and a half it took to get back to Baxter, where I live, um, on the phone to him, just would talk about what we do now, like by the numbers and so forth. And, um, yeah, just over, you know, just after COVID hit in, you know, we had that quiet period where there was no footy, nothing. And I said to matey, uh, matey is my reference to Nick, because that's what I call him. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I said to him, um, mate, we, we spend an hour talking to each other on the phone coming back from the football. Like, would you think anyone would listen to it if we put it on a podcast? Like, um, we're obviously not trying to copy any of the other ones out there, but um, you know, it's a little bit of a difference. To, and matey was yeah pretty happy with that. How did you describe that, mate? Yeah, mate, it's a uh, yeah. Obviously, like being up in Canberra, I, I really miss the footy banter uh, that you get down in Melbourne. Um, yeah, you know, generally you'd spend Monday to Wednesday talking about the the week that was, and then Thursday, Friday, you're talking about the next game kind of thing. So. Um, yeah, Jamie and I chat about the footy all the time and yeah, when he said, oh, let's start a podcast, I thought, oh, bugger it, you know, let's, let's give it a go because, you know, uh, um, you know, we're, we're obviously, uh, also, uh, sort of readers of Blitz and everyone's got their own weird, wonderful and unique opinions and, um, and everything like that. I, I quite like that dynamic. Um, yeah. we don't have to uh, necessarily agree hundred percent with each other. Um, but we're all sort of part of this, this family and, uh, yeah, I think like having sort of you know good debate and that banter around the footy is just just a good bit of fun. So um, yeah, I think the Don uh, Don's cast shows have have gone pretty good. I mean, we're we're still uh, pretty small, um, but yeah, you know, thanks to you know feedback from yourselves um, to you know help us along the way. I think slowly we're getting uh, a bit more uh, sort of sort of polished, but um, no, nah, it's just been good fun and uh yeah as jamie said uh, it's been great listening to yourselves and the sash and yeah it's uh yeah it's good fun i think that's the, i think that's the the joy of it you know just is that 
I really like different voices and I think um, I'm not one of those headstrong kind of guys where I go, that's what I think. I like to be challenged and I like a good healthy debate. And I know Grant's kind of, that's his nature too. He'll, he'll just say, Hey, bring it on. Tell me why I should be wrong. And that's, he always tells me that. Um, and I always prove him wrong. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, so, <laughs> so, and so that's, you know, that's, that's, that's what I enjoy. I enjoy different takes and, you know, I, I always get something out of it cause I always go, Oh, I never even thought of that. And that's why I, when I've been listening to your show, that's what I've, in, I've enjoyed. I, I, I hear something sometimes a bit different or, uh, and you guys are really good at an analysis and numbers and those sort of things. And, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm a champion data whiz or anything like that. Um, but I, I like to say, Oh, I didn't realize that, or I didn't see that. So, um, sometimes, you know, I've, I've had a segment of yours where you actually shaped a segment of ours. I went, Oh, I'd never thought of that. And then I kept on thinking about it more. Um, and then you know, I started to discuss it. Yeah. I should have given you some license. Hey, this <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, um, I think that's a healthy way of how, how fans can, can be because I think, I think with the whole social media world and blitz and everything, it can be quite a, um, a harsh kind of like, no, you're wrong and, and mm. damn you <laughs> kind of feel. And you know, sometimes she's going, oh, and it's okay to disagree. Like, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not worried that you disagree with me. Just, just yeah. have a discussion, you know? And it's, it, yeah. it's interesting for mine that Scotty and I basically started ours exactly the same way as you. We, mm. we call it the lunchtime catch up because we both worked in the Melbourne CBD and we'd catch up for lunch most days. Um, and the entire, like, Scotty is a massive fan of your Nando's. Yeah. <laughs> so we'd end up at Nando's or, uh, or trying to red in the, in the city there. And um, we just would find ourselves for the probably much longer than the hour that we both had for lunch. <laughs> um, uh, good long hour, just banging on about Essendon. And we can, we can both talk underwater. So it's, it was just easy to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk throwing the bombers back and some um, forwards, fixing every problem that they had. Um, just if they only listened to us, <laughs> they could right. have done this and they could have done that. And we did exactly the same. We just went, I wonder if, I wonder if anybody had listened. Cause it's, it's incredibly easy when Scott and I talk to each other because we've been doing it for you know, 40 years. And when the, when the podcast medium came around, it's, it's, it's not easy. Scott does all of the techo stuff, but it's much easier than I potentially it was uh, a few years ago to actually get online and chuck mm. your voice up on, up online. And mm. it's really interesting to, like you said, we, we listened to some of the other podcasts um, when we, uh, when we first started. And of course we got ideas from those guys and we made them our own and started to do little segments of our own and that sort of stuff. But the, the banter between Scott and I is the thing. Mm. And it's good to hear it's from you guys as well is that, like I, like I said, you're probably driving back to Baxter and you could you could bang on for another hour if you yeah. turn around and went back to, to the, where you came from. Um, it's the same with me and Scott. So yeah. I think that's what the fans, that's part of what the fans I think like is that there's two blokes that have, I'm starting to do our intro now, um, two blokes that have probably known each other for a good period of time um, who can understand where the other guy's coming from when I say that Essendon's midfield is better than um, the dog's midfield. Scott will shake his head and just say that's just such a it's such a bad call, um, and then I just I just say that Jackson McRae. Uh, 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 
Is it even, it's all right, I you know suppose. How, do you know how many text message and messages I get that I have to stick up for you? That, uh, that hey, like, what is Grant on? Like, seriously. Listen, I tell you, look, Marcus Bontempelli, all right? Marcus Bontempelli, but Liberatore and the other... Are very good players, yes. Liberatore, now, is a, Liberatore is his dad. He's got two thumbs that he rams up into the cage and that's about all he does. And then the other little Wallace Kitty, Wallace Kitty's barely nothing. Darcy Page, not fit to hang oh, to carry Darcy's bloody shoelaces. And who's like Jackson McRae? Yeah, right, fine. He's an half decent footballer. So Bontempelli and McRae. All Australians sometimes are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't understand. Bontempelli, decent player. Can, can go that boy. Um, but well, McRae, they were yeah, okay. in the finals, didn't they? They were, they were fun watching in the finals this year. So, uh, yeah, look. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, anyway, we, that, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. We can we can talk crapola backwards and forwards and stuff like that. And yeah. it's I think that's what one of the reasons why ours is um, is um, reasonably successful. And I'm sure you guys will will continue to build on what you guys have done because the the banter between two mates I think is um, is really appealing to to fans. Yeah. Well, one of the other things we discussed when we were going to make a podcast, we we didn't want to step on anyone's toes, you know, because we didn't know. Obviously, we didn't know you guys. We didn't know the Sash guys. And we thought, uh, we're going to be seen as trying to mimic you guys. And, um, you know, so that's why part of the reason I approached Scotty and um, just said, you know, like, would you mind having a listen? Give me some ideas and some feedback. And he was so gracious with that. And um, it gave us a bit of confidence. And, um, yeah, we really appreciate that, Scott. And, um, you know, probably the first time I'm speaking to you today, Grant, which is great because I've, sort of listened, I've listened to you for a long time. But, um, yeah, uh, Scott's initial contact with us was so great. It gave us a lot of confidence. Yeah, so that's thanks. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, my pleasure. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, everything that Grant says, do the opposite. So, uh, <laughs> so mate, Scotty, Scotty knows, look, Scotty knows that, that it's the majority of it's me and Scotty's there. Just to, no, look, well, I will say, trust me, when this, this microphone that uh, people can see on the – on the zoom on the video at the moment scotty and i in when we were first starting out we were both huddled around this one microphone (laughs) we had one microphone that we were huddling around on a seriously old mac um and just having no idea what to do like scotty had a a bit of a techie mate in the audio visual world got some hints from him did a lot of internet research and we went from two mics to probably not telling our wives that we bought a sorry, one <laughs> mic, not telling our wives that we bought a second mic. Um, and then it was nice having to, to be able to sit sort of opposite each other and be able to talk um, out of two mics. But it's, um, we honestly, we didn't think about sort of stepping on people's toes. And I mean, it's, it's very nice of you guys to give us a call and, and that sort of stuff, which we appreciate. But I'd say guys, look, you, you, the fundamental of what you guys are doing are great. I'll listen to it as well. And the, the the mateship or the the backwards and forwards between you two guys is I think the really fundamental part, mm. and then you just you, you just relax and and bang on like you're banging on in the car on talking to each other because <laughs> yeah. quite literally, Scott and I are doing exactly that. We could be anywhere on the face of the planet and still be banging on about um, my utter disdain for the Collingwood Football Club um, <laughs> and uh, people like Jackson McRae, and we're just chucking that online. That, that's all we're doing. It's, we've got, we've got yeah. an incredible sponsor. But apart from that, we, we're I, just banging, banging stuff online. It's I, hold, 
My whole goal, and I, and I need to tell the directors, my whole goal is for us to draft McRae's brother. I just want <laughs> that and just have a whole emergency podcast yeah. and just say, Grant, we've got a, we've got a McRae. Mate, you uh, whack that sash on. You whack that sash on. It's worth an extra 15 possessions a game and you're a legend. <laughs> I, will, I will back the, the young kitty McRae if, he's, if he whacks a sash on. Until then, meh. Yeah, <laughs> Look, let, let's start off. Uh, okay, guys. Um, We've all, I guess, all podcasts, right? We, we do our reviews and we, we talk about the year. We've all got our, our kind of messaging and, and, and how we think the year's gone. I guess with you guys, now that time has even um, passed a bit, even from the last game, uh, how are you guys still thinking about how the year's gone and, and, and where the club is at? Uh, well, I'll start, mate, because I usually do. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't don't sugarcoat it, by the way. Don't sugarcoat <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, just seems dysfunctional, to be honest. And, and I don't want to be too harsh on the club because we love it as much as you guys. But um, I, I guess what worries me is that you know, we keep hearing, especially from the media's, po- media's point of view, um, you know, this player's not happy, this player's not happy. We're not really hearing from the club uh, to dispute that, like we have had the videos from Paul Brasher and um, that, but no one's really come out. You know, it would be great to hear from a player to say that's not true. You know, I'm, I'm very happy. So, for, for example, Zach Merritt, he's under contract. Um, yes, it is the off season, but you know, if, if I would think if he's a leader of the club and he wants to be a leader of the club, I would get on the front foot and say, I'm here. I love this club. Um, you know, whatever stories are going around isn't true. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. I think the fans would love to hear that. Um, but we haven't had that. And so this media build up and all of a sudden it's seven or eight players who don't want to be there. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that worries you. No, no, I agree. I, I, agree. Think, I think that's a fair comment because, I mean, obviously with the, the hooker and, and the Hurley and the bell chambers kind of scenario, what, what's been reported, uh, like no one's mentioning it. Like the club just, just so... Uh, I've had enough people tell me that I trust to say that it was, everything was pretty spot on uh, about what happened. And, and look, I had two thoughts on that. One, I thought, you know, it's obviously you never want that sort of to hear that. Um, but I mean, I told Grant, you know what, there also has to be an element of not everyone's going to be happy every day at their workplace. You know, mm. I, I've had instances where my boss and I've disagreed with it and gone, why, why have we done that? Uh, and a week later, I'm having drinks with them in a, ca- a cafe. And so it, it's not doom and gloom because they disagree with a, a club decision. Um, but it is relevant to that. Uh, I guess you've got uh, not just, just the hurls and hooker, um, but you've got, yeah, you do have a, a number of plays just constantly being mentioned. Um, and, 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 you know, the Saudi thing is, is very nervous times because you, you do feel... Be- that there's some genuine concern there. Uh, and, and for me, like I, how I felt this morning, I was even thinking about this before. I was like, it still feels like that even if you get 80% of the players back, you, you're still, I'm still not overly like, that means, that means they're hundred percent sold. It means that, yep. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it another shot. I'm going to remain loyal, but I, I just hope, my hope for the whole off season is that the club isn't on a glossing a, a, a pretty paintbrush over things. Just if that, just make it ugly. If it, if it's ugly, mate, you know, internally 
call it out for being ugly. You don't have to tell us all us, but mm. just call it out. You know, if things aren't great, just call it out. Treat it as serious as it is. Um, because my view is, you know, when you see St Kilda yesterday, right, uh, and you see the, the Brisbane, uh, and I know people say, oh, look at that. It just shows you how many years Essendon's behind. And I go, look, I understand that narrative, but they were that only years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so the narrative that it can't be turned around fast, um, if you get your culture and, and your guys playing selfless footy and for each other and having that real dedication to each other and supporting each other and on the field and, and getting a lot of things right off field, it, it can turn around. It is a very, I, I have always felt like it feels to me Essendon, obviously the game plan's one part, but it does feel much more cultural. Like when I see guys only can stand up for one quarter in a fight or, or half a game, I feel like that's a cultural thing that's breaking down where they just don't have that inner drive or fight. Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably my concern as well. Like the, uh, to me, it seems there's a lack of alignment in the club, the direction we're heading in um, because uh, yes, we've been good over the recent years in getting our sort of off field stuff on ball. So our financial situation has been uh, doing very well. Uh, you know, thanks largely due to Xavier Campbell and the great work he's been able to do there, but it's that lack of alignment um, between the, I suppose the, the players um, to the game plan we're trying to implement uh, to the coaching direction. And like, that is all about culture of the club uh, to mine. Yep. Um, and really there's been a lack of accountability for that. Um, because effectively the, the lines we've been fed is, um, oh, we're learning, we're learning. Um, but learning can only get you so far before you really have to start um, making decisions and going, okay, who's buying into the game plan and, and who's not, um, you know, and you know, we, we only hear things uh, third, fourth, fifth hand as, as fans mm. regarding uh, potentially senior players who are like, no, nah, I don't believe in that game plan. And what sort of messages that send to the younger players um, of the club? Like, I suppose um, really that's what we're looking for, that strong direction. And I'm hoping, um, you know, from Paul Brash's comments, because um, obviously his reputation is, uh, he is all about accountability. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that was made very clear in his statements in that sort of opening um, sort of uh, video recording to the members where he sort of about, talked about um, Xavier Campbell's role uh, to be less in, involved in the football operations side of it. Uh, you know, he talked about Ben Rutten and his role as, as coaching. Briefly touched on Adrian Dodoro, um, sort of seemed to indicate he'll have, I guess, more control. Yes, they'll, they'll talk about this is the game style and, and stuff we want to play and recruit accordingly. Uh, but, uh, you know, overall... That'll be, um, I suppose, in time, we can only see that. There's, there's nothing you can do in the off-season apart no, from that, that talk and, and planning. Um, but, I mean, certainly the messaging, at least, has been a lot more positive for mine. I, I think Paul Brasher yep. uh, did. Uh, he certainly gave me a lot more confidence. I, you know, I started watching that video and was thinking, oh, I'll, give him, I'll give him 30 seconds a minute. Um, and if I just think it's tripe, I'll turn it off. Um, and up there I was at, at minute 18 and, until it finished. And um, I, I was quite enthused at, at what he had to say. So, um, and I think going on to your point, 
uh, Scott rather about um, you know people sort of wanting to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say no, nah, let's chuck it all out and um, go for a full rebuild, which might take six years. Well, I'm um, I'm sort of more of the opinion that no, we've got some really good young talent in this football club. Um, you know, you talk about your Ridleys, your Zerk Thatchers. Like oh, I, I do believe in that kid. Um, Gotta love and, Maggie. Yep. I'm yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And um, like, there's so many young kids. What they need is that, um, I suppose, um, the leadership to inspire that sense of direction to yeah. um, to say, come with me and and let's get this this happening. So, um, yes, I am concerned about where the club's at. Um, but, you know, I think there's there's reason for optimism. Uh, yeah, going yeah I think... I think you're right. One of the, to, to touch on yours and I think Scott's point, I think one of the things that I'm worried about is that we, to set that culture um, that you speak about, about the come with me, right? Here's, here's what we're going to do. We've found the best coach we can find. Um, we've got uh, one of the most highly rated assistant coaches in the comp. Um, we've got, uh, he's also an Essendon guy. We've got those two boys running it. We've picked up some good talent. Now, the debate is out there as to whether or not Shield and Smith and, and all those guys should have been drafted, considering we've now got all the same size kind of midfielders and all that, that, that stuff, right? So putting that aside for a moment, we've got Triple S, we've got Ridley coming through, like, okay, we haven't had Heppel or, or Danaher and, and all of that sort of stuff. But I guess the, the interesting point for me is that I sincerely hope over the off-season, as part of that culture-building process, that we don't buy players or force them to stay like Joe. Like I understand like where Tom Papley would have been insulting for Joe Danaher. That would not have been cool. That that would have made me say to Joe, uh, to Dodoro, you just got ripped. Right. Cause that's, that would not have been okay. So they made a bloke who was under contract, under contract, stay and and, uh, fulfill his contracts and then probably try the, as hard as they possibly can to make him happy around the Essendon Football Club again so that he'll stay. Now, a season of utter poo that we've just put up um, is not going to make Joe Danaher stay, so I can understand why he'll probably go. But what I'm worried about is the likes of Sadi, who's probably shopping himself around, and rightly so when you finish, what, second in the BNF or whatever it is, um, but don't start putting stupid numbers in front of him. This is the kind of decision time where you go, all right, Joe, um, before Christmas, mate, I want to know about it. It's got to be before Christmas. If it's no, then thank you very much, mate, but you got to go, right? So I appreciate that. Sadi, we're at five years now, mate, and a big whack. No one's going to pay you the stupid amount of money that um, Carlton's going to pay you. So we've, here's the offer, five and a big whack. We're not going any further. That kind of, you have to want to come with us. And as, as much as it pains me to say this, Hurls and Hooker, do you have a problem with me? Because right? if you have a problem, then let's nut it out over 36 beers. Or if we or if we can't nut it out over 36 beers, then thank you very much for your time. Mm. I've come onto the podcast a number of times and said we should be at DEFCON 1. There needs to be a, an in, like a review, internal review, all that sort of stuff. I still stand by that. Mm. I really do. But what I don't stand by is I think like what you said, we, we're not at a position where we chuck everybody out of the club and we start again. We're not mm. at that, 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 um, at that place. We don't have a game plan at the moment or it's not being understood or implemented by the players. You can see against the second half against Hawthorne, against um, whoever we paid down in Colac at the start of the year, there is a game plan there. I just think the, 
the regularity with which we forgot the game plan or gave up on the game plan or didn't show the game plan this year makes me really, really concerned about the players buy into it. That's why I say we're at DEFCON 1 and we need to have a review. Is that get, Go and hang out with everybody on the off-season. I'm asking half, ask them half a dozen questions. Are you with truck? Be honest, boys. It'll be anonymous. Are you with truck? Are you with Carousella? Are you with um, Harbs and the rest of the boys? And find out what the hell's going on. And then like Scotty said, to point his point, tell us. Come back to the club and say, you've got all your, all your senior players just don't believe in it. They don't believe in it. Then you give Truck the opportunity to say, well, that's me. I'm going to do this at this club. If you don't like it, then sack me. Or you can say to Truck, all right, Truck, here's what we've got to do. We've got to do one or, one or two of this or one or two of that. So I hope that's what happens in the off-season and we don't just start offering Adam Saad seven-year deals worth mm. $1.5 bucks a year just to keep <laughs> Not? Although I want that, one, <laughs> I, I, want, think so. I want that club. Um, I blank at my club forever, but I just hope we don't go stupid and pay ridiculous overs because we think if we lose Saad and we lose Hooker and we lose Joey and we lose Orazio and all those guys, the club's just going to utterly fold. I reckon, from a fan's point of view, if you said Joe, Orazio, Hooksy, and Sadi, they're all gone, boys. Um, they're out. Sorry, guys. We, we tried to keep them at the club. We offered them remuneration that was more than generous, but they said no. Then I, the club, the players, sorry, the players, the supporters would go, all right, cool. Um, mm. They're going to go. Now we're going to get draft picks and we know where we are as a club. Yep. But the, the hanging on at the moment is, uh, is it sucks. We, do, we don't know what Joey's yeah. doing. We don't know if mm. Hilton Hooker pissed, uh, are pissed off. We don't know what Orazio's doing. It's, a lot of that uncertainty has, is building up in the off season because we haven't heard anything from the club practically for the last 10 or 11 games of the season where we were unrecognisable as a football club. I was just going to jump in there and say about, um, you look at St Kilda yesterday, um, you know, they're a club that's gone past us now. Um, yeah. But we got told for five years that we're still learning to play with each other, you know, each teammate. Now, they, they brought in five players, five senior players, into their side this year, yet they've been able to get them cohesive enough to win a final. And, yeah, know. Um, you know, yeah. we can't keep listening to, we haven't played long enough for, uh, beside each other for enough time to learn this game plan. It can't be acceptable that that's our route. We've got to start owning. You know, we're not up to it at this stage and we have to get yeah. better. And that's, and, the worship, that's the worship part. Yeah. That's, that, that's that worship part. But I think he, he tried to maintain his, um, and look, I thank Wusher for his time and all that sort of stuff. But if you have to put all of that, thank Wusher for his time side mm. stuff aside for a moment. Um, he didn't, he didn't talk to the fans for the last, he didn't want to get into a dialogue about what's happening for the last 10 games, right? He just wanted to maintain his, um, his composure. He wanted to finish his job that he was hired to do. And that's what he did. He just said, Patience, 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 patience. And unfortunately now, he's done Truck no, um, no credit there because Truck's got to start a season with exactly what you just said. When we look at um, St Kilda and we look at even Brisbane, but we look at St Kilda more, I watched that game and I just thought, this is insane. The level of, the level of pressure that they put on. And St Kilda are not a wildly good side. No. They're not really, really good. But like you said, that... When Triple S came in, I went, sure, it's going to take a season, maybe season and a half, maybe two seasons to get everybody in and Triple S and Shield and Stringer and all this sort of stuff. But after that, we should see some serious results, right? Because they'll be all on the same page and stuff. And you're right. Five years later, we're still being told patience. That, 
that's going to haunt the Essendon media um, department for a good period of time until we, until we start winning games. Mm-hmm. So I guess coming into, um, um, look, we're all probably at the same point about how the club went this year and probably where they're at. That's a general theme coming it's through pretty, pretty out of one of, of concern, but you know, there can be optimism if they get things right. Um, really? The optimism. <laughs> Isn't it, well, if they, they can get things right, yeah, of course. If they can get things right, I suppose, yeah. They've got some talent on their list, so, yeah, they can turn, turn things around. Uh, I guess, how have you guys thought about the draft trade approach? Are you more leaning to drafting uh, young talent or do you, are you thinking if there's some key players available um, through a trade period, then you'd rather go that route? I certainly think we need a combination of both, um, especially if we want to stay competitive. Um, I think it'd be really unfair to players like Dylan Shield and so forth that you sold them that we're a club on the rise that's going somewhere and then turn around and say, oh, actually, we're a rebuilding club now. So we're going to, um, you know, we're going to start all from scratch, you know. You know, you've sold the dream to basically Stringer, Shreel, um, Saad and so forth. So I think it would be unfair to say right now we're re- re- reprogramming and starting all over again. But um, I do think we can do a bit of both. We haven't hit the draft as hard as we probably should have. You know, we've tra- traded out a lot, a lot of our first round picks. Um, and obviously the club is obligated to take a first round pick this year. So we know that that's the case. Yep. Um, but like, we certainly need a key forward. I think that's you know, more than noticeable, especially if Danaher goes. Um, I wouldn't have much confidence that James Stewart is going to be a number one forward for us moving no. forward. He's a complementary forward who can provide a, a great second target and um, you know, bring the ball to the ground, possibly. But, um, you know, you know, we should be really hunting. You know, if Jeremy Cameron's on the market and there's a possibility that um, of last reports that, uh, he was offered five years at 700,000 at GWS and, that, and they're sticking to that. Um, I'm sure we can come in with a better offer at that. And, um, you know, whether we can sell a dream to Jeremy and um, I don't know if that's possible. Like obviously Geelong has been mentioned and, you know, when you put their results against ours, um, if he's chasing success, he may head that path. But to me, um, the club, you know, if, really needs a player like that to to get our structures started really well, um, to give us a target. I, did, I must admit, I didn't even realise Cameron only turned 27 in April. Like I, I thought for some reason he was 28 and I was like, oh, okay, you're not 28 till mid next year kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so uh, a five-year deal is kind of realistic for, for his size and shape and I could easily see him playing another five years of, of decent footy. So I, 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 I probably agree. Uh, I think Essen's at a, a, an interesting strategic point. Uh, so, cause obviously with Danaha, right. If we, if we have had the, have the assumption that Danaha has gone um, and, and obviously Cameron's a free agent. Uh, if you do pick him up, like say you, we offered 800 K um, for five years and he goes, okay, you know, I'm going to come across uh, the interesting part is you then can't get a compensation pick for Danaha. So mm. then the strategic part is, is Dodoro has to try and do a trade with the club that wants Danaha. So it's like a flow on effect uh, of picking up a Cameron, but it can work really to your favor um, because, you know, what happens if you had a bad forward line, right? And I'll give you a, 
the the real teasing scenario, like what happens at the start of the year if, say, we've lost Danahar and we've now got Cameron, Rayner and Stringer forward line. Mm-hmm. Um, and that imagine how different that would look if you had a trade with with a swap with Rayner and Danahar. And they obviously may not do that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, well, no, that would be, oh, Lord, that would be uh, immense. But, 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 but I, I, get, I get your point. But they, but they do have X-factor forwards, right? So they've mixed days, a bit of an X-factor forward. Uh, Hipwood has his own little unique sort of things. Uh, and then you add Joe Danaher to that forward line. They realistically might go, you know what, one of those forwards, you know, is, is becoming a little bit more obsolete that has a bit of value. So if, if, if Danaher ends up getting interest from two or three clubs and you can have a bit more of a, a, a trade-off, then they might go, hey, you know, what is the big deal on, on losing Rayner? Because our forward line is Hipwood, McStay, Cameron, Danaher. Are we, are we, did, we, did we lose much? Uh, so, but, but Essendon, you know, obviously, you know, they, they could reshape their forward line through this if, if, if on that dream scenario happened of Cameron actually selecting Essendon, which is the first massive hurdle. <laughs> um, but, but you can, you know, uh, you know, as much as people say, oh, look, Essendon's just not going to be a destination club and all that, um, never underestimate uh, players that... Adrian never- Dodoro. <laughs> never underestimate Adrian Dodoro. Never, never underestimate a club that still plays Anzac Day, that still plays mm. Dreamtime Game, that still plays uh, 80,000, 90,000 crowds. Um, they, they get just as excited as that scenario as anything. So you, you do have a bit to offer. Um, so who knows? Uh, it, it'll be a very interesting draft. I, I, for me, I definitely want some young talent coming back in. I think it's, we've obviously had that, you know, 2016 was kind of the last time we used a, a low pick with, with McGrath. Then it's been donuts since then. Mm. Um, and, you know, we obviously nailed some picks um, um, probably later on, but we need some high end talent to make sure it's coming through because you're going to have that gap um, where you don't want it to be, you know, you can't just have another trade year and have a, 16 to 21 kind of gap of high-end talent because it will show up in, in, in six or 10 years and you go, we've just missed that gap. So I, I still think we've got to get, now that we've got to pick six, which will end up being eight or nine, unfortunately, um, uh, use it. Uh, there's, some, there's some good talent in this draft. Um, uh, have, have, I'll be interested, have you guys studied the draft much? Like, uh, do you know kind of the names that you've been, is there any names that you guys have been thinking about as far as the draft or uh, I, sh- I say that without any preparation or warning sorry but um so if you don't then but have you looked at the, have you guys looked at the draft hey do you want to jump in there or? yeah i mean look i've never looked at it closely i mean obviously the the top end talent seems to be in the sort of tools area um and i think you know yes it'd be great to to grab uh like some good tools i, I can't remember specific names or, or anything like that but um you know I think the big need for us is um, obviously big body midfielders um, and being able to develop those effectively. We, we haven't really had a good history of doing that. Uh, certainly over the last, you know, five, six, seven years, um, which is, which is un- unfortunate, but um, the, I suppose the other area is not only just big body in the midfield, but um, I suppose all around the ground, like we, we are just so undersized. Um, we sort of, um, you know, run with, like, you look at blokes like uh, Parrish, Snelling, Smith, Tipper, um, and we're playing Clark and, and stuff like that. 
Um, I'm, I'm not sold that we're, we're playing in the right positions, obviously, but um, like it is very small lineup and we just get outsized by like even, even teams like Adelaide and, and Geelong, uh, they just sort of make us look um, like very small and uh, it really makes a difference when a bloke like Langford goes into a contest um, because he's that bigger body. He's got more of a marking presence. We really don't have much in the way of marking targets around the ground. And I think, you know, when we were playing this, you know, funny little game plan where we kick around the boundary and kick in hope to um, a target down the wing, particularly when McKernan wasn't playing well, um, you know, Stewart wasn't there for a large part, but even when he came in, you know, he, he can't take those sorts of grabs. And that's where, you know, when we did, See Jared Danaher come back in. We're like, Jesus, what a difference he like. <laughs> no man. All right, um, so like, this is the I suppose the the thing for me. Like, um, it's un- unfortunately it's not limited to one part of the ground that we go. Oh, if we just patch up that area, we'll yeah, be yeah, we'll yeah. be dinky die. So I guess yeah, going back to that question before, where do I see it in terms of where we need to draft or get experienced players? I do see that mix. Um, our you know top end pick should be that high end talent. Um, I'm thinking that sort of your talls, um, you know, whether it's a tall forward, like I think uh, Harrison Jones looks like a real prospect. Looks like he's already put on a bit of size from what we saw at the start of the year, mm. um, which is good. I, th- I think you'll be you'll be great, but we do need to bring in some more talls and develop them appropriately. But I think you know, particularly for the midfield, um, we we do need to bring in some experienced guys. Um, you know, perhaps they are. Um, on the fringe of of some uh, some other teams, but what we really need is hard nuts. Like you, you spoke um, before, Grant, about you know guys like um, uh, what's it know Liberatore uh, mm. is, is a bit of a niggly niggly player. That's exactly the player we need mm. to, to stand up for us um, because you know what made Bell Chambers um, you know so meaningful for the club was his willingness to get into a contest get in someone's face and push them around say oh, i'm not getting pushed around and you are not pushing around my mate um we've really lacked that um, and that's when you know when zach merritt was getting tagged or shield was getting tagged like they get ripped off the ball and who's there standing up for them um, at the moment that's sort of limited to to sard and, and dev smith um and these guys and they're not the biggest biggest blokes no. in the world um <laughs> and, and it's funny just it's funny quickly just even last year Remember, we were linked to Power Pepper, mm. and, and 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 you know, most fans were like, "Yeah, if we do, we do." You know, mm. imagine that scenario oh. now is totally different. Like, oh, imagine if we got Power Pepper. Mm. Like, it's it's a totally different. Like, uh, well, I mean, he's a totally different player. I would say too. I mean, he's had a massive year, but that that just small thing that sliding doors of like, well, if that actually happened, yeah, you know, it would have improved the side quite a quite a bit. Yeah, just yeah. on that, Scott. Imagine if um. You know, we were, it seemed like we were hell-bent to hold Fantasia last year, even though he, like, mm. ultimately it was his decision. But yeah. he, he ended up saying he'd stay. But um, if we had have said, look, we're happy to do this trade, um, Port are keen for you. Um, you know, Power Pepper suits what we need at the moment at this club. So it should be mutually beneficial. Um, you know, what do you think of that, Raz, for example? Um, you know, we may have been close to actually getting that trade through but i think in last year's uh trade period will that hell bent retaining our players rather than um you know letting them walk and but we didn't want to be embarrassed but ultimately it's looked bad anyway because both players that um you know danaher and fantasia 
had injury interrupted years again. And that's yeah. been a common theme for the last three or four years. You know, so it's been hard since 2017 when those guys kicked nearly 100 goals between them, uh, Fantasia and Danaher. Yeah. Um, you know, we haven't seen anything near that um, since... Yeah, no, it's, that's, I think that's one of the real key things that Brasher will be probably asking some questions about within the club mm. along the lines of why did we do that boys? Why did we, is it because we were, I don't know, is it because it's still a hangover from the saga where we, we don't want to see any players leave because they're going for like, we don't like a pull a Paddy Ryder or anything like that, but we want to maintain the good public image about, Hooksy and Hurley are going to stay there their entire career and Raz wants to be there and everybody wants to be there and it's all happy families and all that sort of stuff. Is I wonder if that's, mm. if he's going to be going around. So why didn't we, like if Raz wants to go, man, then I understand you're offering more cash because he can play. You're offering more cash and you say, righto, that's it. But at some point you've got to pull the, the Sydney Swans thing of you come to this club you become a Sydney Swans player. You're no longer any other person in the world. You're a player within the Sydney Swans um, uh, way of doing things. You either conform or you don't play. And that's, I just wonder how we're going to get that back quickly. Because It's a good point because as a club, it's, it's such a, I think every Essendon fan uh, feels that way where it's how, and like Brasher said, you know, I want you to kind of almost bleed for the club. Like I, I need that. We need that mentality now. Mm. Uh, and I think that's why we've probably been the most relaxed uh, outside of Saad on some players going because we, I think in our heart of hearts, we generally feel like some, some aren't, their hearts aren't in it. And we're actually okay now as fans. We're over finishing 13th mm. uh, and being middle table. We're like, okay, Maybe that's a cultural thing in itself. Like the if you if, you, if other players or if Scotty Draper seeing Stanaha, his heart's not in it. Then do you want to educate Draper that way? You know, do you want to actually have him have leaders in the club that are, are going to put their head over the footy and stick up for each other and, and that sort of stuff? And so it, it it's an interesting stage. It's such an interesting stage the club's at because it's um, it can so much can go wrong and right here. Uh, and, and that's, I think that's uh, it's the most nervous I've been about our club because uh, I'm not sure if I have, if I've got their full trust yet on, on that they can, that they can do it because they're, they're still a little bit on the communicating of we'll be right. Things will change next year and you'll see and that sort of stuff. And I, I'm, I'm just hoping I'm not reading too much into that and like that they're still, thinking things are not too bad they're just they're just trying to calm things down but i where i i think my, a lot of fans think like oh no it does really feel like it's quite concerning I was uh, to, yeah i was going to bring up something just um that i picked up from last year's trade period um if you remember we were we were kind of well, scouting to get patty Ryder back and um we invited him to the club and he came and he made his way back and he said he saw you know familiar faces from his first stint there but he he actually came out in the media and he said when i went there i just felt there was no excitement there there was no it, it just felt dull and then when i went to the st kilda's presentation it was all positive and it was all you know it seemed everyone was on the same page and i thought that was pretty damning because um you know obviously we're a bigger club you know in terms of 
if you compare us to St Kilda, you know, everything, yeah, historically, <laughs> financially, um, you know, you know, we've got the best facilities above theirs, um, you know, so all of that's positive, but we couldn't sell um, hope or positivity to to a player that was considering us, and um, I think it was a missed chance because uh, Paddy's had a great year, and um, you know, I know he's getting older, but he would have been a great backup. Um, you know, you know, I think Andrew Phillips did his best, but um, I think we would have got more out of Ryder this year, especially um, with the uh, ruck stocks being hit early with the injuries. Yeah. You're right. It's validation, isn't it? About yeah. what it's all of what's happened this year. Mm. Yeah. I mean, okay. A couple of questions for you boys. Start off with you, Nick. What, what do you want to see? Because I'm, <laughs> without saying too much, the, the club listens to and watches these shows and stuff, right? So if you were to talk to the club directly, what do you want to see? What's three things that you want to see the club do differently next year? A question without um, notice. Yeah, it was a question without notice. It's just, just whip this off the top of your head, by the way. Absolutely, yeah. um, three things that you want to see. I mean, two things, one thing, doesn't matter. Um, that, you, that you want to see them do that they haven't done this year or that whole, that old-fashioned start-stop thing. What do you want to... Actually, let's ask that question. What do you want to see them start to do in 2020 consistently? And what do you want to see them stop doing in 2020? Yeah, so I think the, the main thing for me is uh, leadership, uh, particularly on the field. Um, you know, obviously with, with Heppel being, you know, so plagued by injury this year, and we did lose, obviously, quite a, a sizable chunk of our, uh, our best 22. Um, you know, you even think of guys like Stringer. No, he's not in the leadership group. But he has that mentality to say, come with me, boys. And it, he's that a presence. Is, he's a presence that is right. leadership to me. We didn't have enough guys who, who did that, uh, quite frankly. Uh, so leadership on the field is something we really need. You started to see it at the backside of the year from Dylan Shiel, um, is my personal belief. Um, look, Wally's uh, disposal efficiency wasn't the greatest in the world. What he did do was, like, he'll fluff a kick, but he'll chase straight after it, and he'll get into that contest and, and do you know, whatever he can to get the footy back for us. Uh, Zach Merritt was doing that. He was picking up um, heaps of the footy. Um, but what we don't see enough of is that um, leadership because our structures, um, you know, would always fall apart and that's what didn't hold up. Um, and you, you look at these finals games, like over this weekend, all four games have been absolutely fantastic. And I wouldn't trust the Essendon Football Club at that style of play where you have to show four quarters of performance um, because we'll, we'll have one good quarter or five minute burst. That's, that's great. And the rest of it um, pretty, uh, pretty rubbish. If, if, if I'm completely honest, um, uh, what I want to see them doing is yeah. Like that, that, that point um, backing each other and actually putting their head over the footy and, you know, wanting the contest. We don't have enough guys who, who do that. Um, and I think it's really stood out when guys like Draper, um, Zerk Thatcher, look, he hasn't had the greatest games, but you know, you will get a hundred percent effort from that kid. He will throw his body at everything, stand in the hole when he needs to. And that to me is what drives positive culture. And uh, that's, you know, Ridley, um, you know, I think, you know, if you look back to last year, we were all sort of asking, why isn't Ridley playing? And, uh, you look at the development he actually got in the VFL. It all makes sense now. It all sort of clicks because, you know, one thing they did do is they threw him around different areas. They said, you know, play in the midfield, play in the wing, uh, play down back. What they wanted him to develop was that contested side of his game, which was a deficiency. 
Um, so when they did that and he's come back and, geez, what a player he's become. Um, <laughs> you know, and we all know he's got fantastic disposal efficiency. If I can be greedy and say um, another thing I want to see them do consistently is um, actually train as to how to deliver a football um, because our disposal all around the ground is shocking. Um, and, you know, really the it stands out when someone hits a perfect kick, like it's very limited who can do it. Uh, Langford is a, is a good kicker of the footy. Um, Joe Danaher has got an elite, um, you know, field kick from, from my view. Unfortunately, you can't do that in front of goal, but, mm-hmm. you know. He's, <laughs> um, Just but a I tiny mean, issue, yeah. Yeah, but I mean... Um, well, it, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, absolutely. Because you, you look at, you know, when Shield gets the footy, when Merrick got the footy, particularly early in the season where he's, um, he's I don't know, it was like he's, the radar on his boot was totally off. Um, it hurts you um, because the other teams, they just stand back and, and grab it and off they go. So, um, yeah, if, if they can spend, you know, hours and hours just honing their craft and actually you know, kicking to targets, that's what I want. Um, and then the thing I, I don't want them to do um, is uh, dropping their heads because too many times this season, um, it just seems like we were defeated before we even started. We um, we gave up early leads um, you know, because we only won, what, two or three first quarters uh, for the whole whole season. Um, and when you're playing catch-up footy, you know, it's it's a very hard game, particularly in these shortened quarters. Mm. Um, uh, you know, and you, you look at the, I suppose, the um, holistically, um, you know, while it's only four minutes less per quarter, that's a lot of time at the end of the game. Um, and if you, yeah, if you drop your heads for, for part of the game, You'll, you'll get found out very quickly, uh, particularly by those better sides that will really put you to the sword. So um, yeah, hopefully that covers that off, Grant. Yeah, no worries. Jamie, what do you got? What do you want to see them start and stop doing? I think start, they need to, um, you know, in, in terms of not flip-flop on decisions. So um, I think, you know, we shouldn't be catering decisions for players. So Ben Rutten's got to be very strong, um, you know, and, and identify players that aren't following what he's asking for and then having the courage, even whatever names it is, to drop that player and explain why and reward the players that are going to buy in. And I think buy-in's really huge in, in clubs and, um, you know, they'll only buy in when there's actually strict rules and mm. if you step outside them, there's a penalty to pay. And, um, you know, if that's your spot or less minutes during a game, um, players generally you know, aren't going to be happy with that, but they're going to have to earn it back. And mm. that's the kind of culture thing that Essendon need to, to deliver to their fans as well to say, we've got these expectations and standards for our team. Mm. Um, if they step outside it, there is penalties. You know, they will not play. They will, you know, get, see less minutes and someone else will get a chance and, um, yeah, I think the other thing I want to see you know, that's really important, I think, is our leadership in terms of we've flip-flopped way too often who's in the leadership party, who's the, who's out, who's in. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like I'm confused. Like Zach Merritt last year, um, 2019, was majority times our vice-captain. He, he basically skipped the club when Heppel wasn't there. Um, the following year, he's totally out of the leadership group altogether. Um, you know, and that happened in previously the Hurley and Hooker. Um, you know, so these things, if I'm a player and I'm promoted to a leadership group, but the next year I'm dropped and, you know, it's all on a vote, 
Um, it says to me, one, you don't want to develop your leaders because you're just going to flip-flop and, you know, I have to cater to my teammates to get voted back in. Um, yeah. You know, that's not yeah. leadership. Leadership should be, this is my, you know, I'm, I'm prepared to hold these standards to my teammates. Um, it might not be popular at times, but they need to hear this feedback because it's not all going to be pats on the back and, and so forth. So I'd love well to see, said. I'd love to see the club um, instill that in their leaders and, and reward them. And, you know, if the players aren't happy with that and they don't want that person to be in the leadership group because they're holding them to standards and you're catering to that, I think that's where Essendon's let themselves down a bit. And um, finally, yeah, I, I want to see more of truck, you know, basically, you know, I thought it was really poor by the club this year, how they handled that. Um, I understand they wanted to keep Walsfold around, maybe because they'd already committed to him and mm. it probably was a bad look if they just, you know, paid him out and um, they wanted to keep, you know, I, I understand he helped us a lot when he first came back and they probably felt like they didn't want to sack him because, you know, and ultimately you, you do look bad when you do that. But um, mm. it didn't help Truck this year, I can tell you that much in terms of, you can't tell me he developed his media skills. No. And look how he's criticised on his last game when he was actually put in front of the media. And he was scrutinised because he made a couple of comments in a 30-second grab at half-time. And, you know, you got comments from like, oh, this guy didn't even sound very positive at all. You know, well, you haven't, you've, you've interviewed him after one of the really bad halves of football. Yeah. You haven't given him time when we've won a game where he can come out and say, this was good. So we've only seen him in that one snippet. And yeah, I think from a club's point of view, that's not a great way to introduce your new coach to the members. No, no, no that's, a, that's very good. All good points, guys. Uh, look, I, Annie, you, you've got my mind ticking there. So um, first on, on the look first out, one. look out, everybody, look out, everybody. <laughs> Scotty's, Scotty's mind's ticking. This, 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 this can either be brilliance or just look out. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, let's trade in Dangerfield. Um, no, uh, hey. <laughs> no. Um, look, it's funny. I was thinking about the other day. So I was having a chat to an Essendon guy, right? And he said, oh, who's the next club leader? And I said, well, everyone says McGrath, right? And, and that's the unanimous kind of McGrath's the next leader. And I challenged him on it. And I said, well, why is that just a, a token that McGrath's the next leader? Because he's playing well. I said, is that, is that a leader? I said, because if I'm... Right now, if I'm a coach and he's way too young, I've seen more prospect of leadership in Sam Draper personally. Mm -hmm. uh, and just little things um, uh, that I've seen. Now, he's obviously got a long way to go, so McGraw probably will be the next captain. But that's where I think, you know, uh, uh, Sam Draper's attitude this year in games, one – the sheer hatred of being mm. um, being defeated uh, or, or his opponent playing, having a good quarter where he would smash the living daylights out of him the next quarter. But, <laughs> I, I, but there's, you know, the reason why fans just went, oh, my goodness, we hadn't seen that. Like, we just hadn't seen that. Like, uh, someone taking it so, you know, their pride got hit and taking it so hard and going, well, you're not going to do that to me every, for the rest of the game. Mm. Um, and just the, the sheer, you know, if he kicks a goal, you know about it. <laughs> like, um, but just the sheer excitement, like, uh, uh, and 
And, and your point on, on just, uh, I want a harder leader. Like I just want a harder leader. And, and I made the point even on Blitz a long time ago and said, look, uh, as much as God, I got maligned. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the captain of 2016. And yep. I'll say, tell me when was the last time you saw a more consistent Essendon side in the, in the last seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll say, we made we obviously had better performances in years, but I would I would almost argue or debate to anyone that 2016 year that that a VFL listed side um, competed hard nearly three or four quarters every game outside of two or three where they either just got tired or just got too much, but for most of the year competed as hard as they possibly could. Um, and you had a, but you, it was just very evident to me. You also had a very strong captain who, who said this, uh, and he made the statements very on in 2016. Hey, I, I know we've got 10 top up players. I can't care less. We're going to win. Uh, we're going to go out to win. Um, and he had a very, uh, very strong attitude. And I, I just still find that interesting that whole year um, where I thought like, I hope we could have learned a bit from that, from, from, just how strong the leadership was for that year uh, on about, and, and we preached a very strong, this isn't going to defeat us. You know, we were very angry after that 12 month decision with those players. Mm-hmm. So for, for a while we were, we were almost like for that year, we were an angry club and even the, the management were angry. The players were angry. Um, and you had a captain who was really angry because we just got him over for success. But, but we played with a chip on our shoulder. We played very united and I don't know, we only won three games, but, um, but we didn't pack it in. Like we, we won the last two games of that season uh, uh, and we fought to the end uh, and we had some pretty uh, amazing moments where we had no right to almost win a game that year. So uh, that's, that for me is I still think our, our leadership around the club, is, is very much wanting. And, and I agree with the flip-flopping the, you know, is Zach Merritt a leader? Then just make him, make him a leader and, and, and tell him at the where, where he can, where he can improve or not. But it's clearly, he's clearly a leader on the field with his actions. He tackles yeah. more than anyone else outside of some on, on one year, Devin Smith, but he, he obviously does a lot of things that other guys aren't doing. And I'd rather him be an example than not. And it's, and it's so public when we do drop them out of the leadership group. So um, you've got to understand that that's going to be disruptive to that person. And um, and I made the point that um, one of the criticisms apparently of Zach last year was that he didn't find enough time to talk to the younger players coming into the club. So he was very good at preparation and he was yeah. very good at holding standards, but he didn't get out and meet the younger players that, you know, and, you know, didn't build any relationships there. But um, if that's the case, why can't he learn in that leadership role the following year and say, hey, yes. can you make this yeah. a bit of an emphasis yeah. for your development? Yeah. Um, why do you have to drop him publicly? And, you know, the media love this stuff. You know, oh, he's out. Let's find the story behind that. And mm-hmm. it generates from there. And it's it's got to be disruptive. That's why I'd say it. And just on your point there on... Um, Brendan Goddard, it was interesting. Um, you would have heard his comments on uh, RSN, yeah. I think it was. It's where, very yeah. <laughs> yeah, where he came out and said, um, you know, Dyson Heppel's great. Yeah, he, he'll be there supportive for you all the way, but he probably gives too many cuddles, as he said. Um, 
you know, whereas you know, he, he probably needs to add that element of I'm holding you accountable. I need you to do this task and you haven't been able to do it for me. Um, yeah, I'm going to start demanding that from you. And you know, that's where Brendan Goddard himself said, that's where Dyson needs to get to, to really you know, even out that captaincy role. Yep. Now I want to, I want to switch up. Boys, we'll go to a break. Should we go to a break? Yeah, let's go to, <laughs> let's go to a quick break. Um, we've had these boys, we've had them banging on for about an hour or so now. Um, but after the break, I want to switch gears to positives. What are some positives? There are very few of them. <laughs> but there are, what are the positives to come out of this year? And what can we look forward to uh, next year for the positives? Sounds good. All right. All right then. Now, Scotty, we've got a sponsor. Um, the the Don's Cast boys probably know that we've got a sponsor that helps us uh, get our dinky little podcast on the air. Um, that uh, sponsor is the guys at Speaking Finance. Now, Speaking Finance are finance brokers. Um, they specialise in personal loans, business loans. They're also mortgage brokers. So if you're looking for a new car, um, say you want to, uh, which I actually am at the moment, as soon as the, the sun starts to come out, the dealers are open. Um, I'm going to be giving uh, Stephen the boys a call at Speaking Finance to see what they can do um, finance-wise for me. Um, maybe you're a, uh, a tradie. Maybe you're a small business. Maybe you're looking to buy some new plant um, for the for the work site. You're coming out of the, the back end of COVID and you're one of the smart boys and girls who thinks, you know what, I'm not just going to eke out of COVID. I'm going to see if I can increase my business. So go and get yourself a, a loan for some new plant or something on the line. Um, maybe you're Daniel Grollo. Maybe you're thinking about building a Trump Tower um, in, uh, in Melbourne for when he, uh, when he loses the election and, and lobs in Melbourne. Um, maybe you're yeah. Totoro. Maybe you're uh, uh, trying to work out how you're going to get Sadie on and Jeremy Cameron in and you need some finance help on. And uh, I go, you look, can you, uh, can you ask Steve? Maybe if Totoro can ask Steve about what he predicts the AFL cap will be next year. Then uh, <laughs> speaking finance, I'm sure I've got that <laughs> internal data and detail leaked to them. Um, but yes, but they're the experts in finance. And, uh, and, and Grant, as you know, you go to Facebook to, to contact Steve and the guys and yeah. girls. There. Yes, mate, the guys and girls at um, Speaking Finance, you can get them on Facebook. They're all Don supporters down there. Um, so they will be more than happy to help you out with a, uh, a loan and the paperwork for that. But they'll also be more than welcome, more than happy to uh, discuss any of the stuff that we've been banging on about in the last uh, hour or so on this podcast. So um, give Steve and his team a call um, at Speaking Finance or you can get them on their Facebook page. It's probably the best way to, um, to make initial contact with them. They also have a, a website in speakingfinance.com.au. So give Steve and his guys and girls a, a call down there at Speaking Finance and they'll be able to help you out. Cool. All right, so before we had that break, boys, I wanted to, I wanted to ask, look, we've, the, the season has just, it's awful, right? So we want to we get rid of that as fast as we can. Um, and if you're, um, if you're in Canberra, you can probably, what, what do you want? Are you want restrictions up in Canberra or can you actually get out and do things? No, nah, we're pretty lucky, mate. Uh, it's just yeah. a 1.5, but we're, you know, I'm able to get out and be crazy and go to Kmart at nine o'clock if I want. So <laughs> up here in super exciting Canberra, um, go and check out the massive roundabout or whatever it is. <laughs> but uh, for us, us Victoria boys, we, we can't do much at the moment. So what, what I wanted to look at was, 
a bit of the positive side of things. Now, from either one of you, what, what were the, are some positives from this season that we can look forward to into next season? <laughs> <laughs> Don't I'll, all answer at once. No, <laughs> a, I feel like I've been talking more than Nick, so I want to give Nick a go. You go, so, can go I, for it, Nick. Can I, can I answer that just quickly? <laughs> yes, mate. Oh, excellent <laughs> use of the, of the Roadcaster 5000 there. Nice work. Um, but, I, mate, it could be just something <clears> as simple as... Um, yeah, it might improve the game next year if we get. It might improve the performance if we get the supporters back or something along those lines. So, what do you reckon, Nick? Yeah, beautiful. So, I mean, the the positives to me, like from this season, was obviously the performances of um, of Ridley and like actually the continuity of guys getting games. So you look at your Langford. Um, you know, obviously McGrath. I mean, while his disposal wasn't great, what you saw was a, a real competitor. Yeah. Um, Brandon Zerk Thatcher when he did when he did play. Um, you know, he, My man. he's. He's still got a lot of development to go, but you you just saw uh, there's a there's a player there, um, Sammy Draper. I mean, you, you talked about um, his his sort of aggression, uh, Scott. And the one thing that really impressed me was when he went after Nick Nat. I yep. thought, you know, Nick Nat is a like a brilliant ruckman. Uh, he's a very beast. he's absolute beast, absolutely. And um, you know, he uh, Draper had been getting beaten, and I think you know rightfully so. Um, but um, he's not going to back down. And, and he said, you know what, stuff you. Um, you know, he, he laid a, a big bump on Nick Nat. Nick Nat remonstrated. And, who and I was going to say who didn't appreciate it at all, <laughs> yeah, which, but, I, which I like. Yeah, but Draper got right up and in his Man. face. And um, that's, that's what you love. Um, so I think, you know, looking at the, the younger side of our list, there's some brilliant plays coming through. And I think we can't forget that, you know, when we look at you know the uh, you know the, the downsides of it, our performance and stuff like that, um, you know it's, it's very easy to go and get in that negative mindset. But if we look at the the positives and go, no, 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 we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, let's we've got a we've got some really strong players in there, but we just need to get aligned and, and all that kind of thing. Um, so going forward, though, I think there's a massive opportunity to actually change the culture of the club uh, for the positive. Um, ben Rutten. Yes, look, uh, you know, Brasher said he's a, he's a strong leader and I hope to see that uh, because, you know, as Jamie said, like we haven't seen that, which is really unfortunate. But all he, we can do he's is... He's on the training track. I can't yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, this is... Um, like, these are the things we hear, but I guess, um, you know, it, it's hard when we can't get to the training ourselves. Um, so uh, he's got a real opportunity to, to lead a, a sort of winning culture. And by that, I don't mean us winning week on, week out. But I do think that there's a, a culture around that. I mean, you look at the uh, like the 2000 side, and I'm not comparing our side to, to them. Ooh, but it's a bit cool. No, but what I'm saying is that uh, you know they went out on the ground sometimes, and they just felt they had that team beat before they even started playing. Um, and it's it's that you know competitive nature. You had blokes like Solly Hardwick just getting in everyone's face, um, and so we really need to challenge each other to. Um, to, to sort of develop that accountability. And that's quarter by quarter, game upon game. Um, and I think, you know, getting Sheedy on the board is a uh, potentially a good step for that. Um, because, you know, Sheedy, uh, yes, he's, he's sort of known as an ideas man, but he was someone very strong on uh, developing the, the culture of the club. And if you weren't performing, whether you're a senior player or not, if you weren't performing, you were dropped. Uh, there was no ifs, buts, maybes. Um, so I suppose that they're the things I really want to see. And I, that's the opportunity I see for us to really develop and, and honestly to mature as a club. Okay. Excellent. Jamie. 
Yeah, well, obviously the younger players were positive, so I won't go over that again. But I think the other positive part that I saw that was that when we had closer to our full-strength side early in the team, I know we weren't beating teams by much, but we were finding a way to win. And um, that Collingwood game, that was obviously our best performance for the year. Yeah. And... Um, the manic tackling we did that night, if you can remember, on a wet, greasy night in the G, um, yeah. we just chased and harassed. And, um, you know, Stringer going down from that game, it just felt like, you know, the air went down in our tyre because that day he, or that night, he was just brilliant. And um, yeah, was. I, I think he had six or seven tackles himself. Now, obviously, his fitness has been criticised. But um, if he can get a full full go um training this year, you know, pre-season and carry that form because he's got to know the media's after him. You know, they're going to look, you know, you saw the criticism he got about his uh, body and, and so forth. Um, you'd think that would sting if I was Jake Stringer. So I'm hoping he can use that as a barb to come back in great shape. And, and, and I still think he's potentially in our top three players at the club, um, especially when on for on song. The X factor, man. It's it's yeah, X factor from Jakey is everything. Mm. Yep. No, no, I I all all, all good points. It's funny. What, what, what's your positive, Scotty? Sorry to interrupt, mate. What's your positives for next year? Um <laughs> you got How that cricket sound effect again? That's it. Have a think, because uh, my my positives quite yeah. literally are that we've and, and this I don't know to be 100% true, but my positives are that, all right, that's about as bad as a club can play, right? Now, I've, I've been strong and I, I don't know, it gets the, the hairs up on the back of my neck when I see us lose 10 in a row like that and I feel real bad for the club, right? Now, I've been really strong when I came out. I come out and say, no, 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 uh-uh, not this club. Not this club, no friggin' way, pardon my French. Um, it should... And like I and I appreciate that there are other clubs like the 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 other clubs I don't generally care about. I'm sorry. I I just this club is too big, too important, too good, too much history, and they too were. and proud. Right? Sorry. Yeah, they they were um too proud to put up um uh, performances like that. Right. So my big my big uh, positive that I'm going to look forward to for next year is that I I don't care if you're um. Who's played the most games at Essendon? Probably um, Hurls. Um, I don't care if you're Hurls or Brandon Zerk Thatcher, right? Losing 10 games in a row like that, it has to sting. And the media stings and the idiots on the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast saying stuff sting, probably stings as well. Only probably a little bit. Um, but that sort of stuff, I reckon, is going to sting the players. Now, clearly Brash has come out and said he's going to be looking internally and sorting some some of the whatever's going on in there out internally. We've got a good coaching truck. A lot of people wanted the man, right? I think the positives for next year are going to be that we've hit rock bottom and now it's on, on our way back up. Now, the, the disappointing part for that for me is that it's taken five years for us to hit rock bottom and we now have to wait again for another off-season and get another off-season worth of training into the boys and that sort of stuff. But my, my positive is along the lines of we've just hit rock bottom because it doesn't get much worse than that. So I would I really am going to trust the players to have a sting in their tail from the end of the year and come out next year wanting to play hard. Because there's a reason, there's some reason, I don't know understand what it is, but there is a reason why 
we looked like one of the worst sides in the comp this year. And it's not because of the talent that we put out on the ground. So I just think it's going to be, there's a mental switch that's going to, that can happen. And that I know the, I, I know the club and I know the mentors and the coaches and lots of stuff will be flicking it in their heads over the off season. Don't come back like 2020, come back like 2021. It's brand spanking new and we'll go from there. So I, I, it's a bit of an off, off angle, positive one for me, but I just think that there is a switch that can be flicked in those players' heads. And I think I might call it the St Kilda switch um, in that you can pull five blokes in and become a finals team. Now, if you lay it out on, um, lay it out on paper and Essendon has a better um, football side than St Kilda does, certainly a better midfield. I mean, we've got a better midfield than most teams in this comp, especially you're being <laughs> I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> uh, no, just I mean, that's the thing. Like you look at St Kilda and it's a, a switch is able to be flicked, right? And again, Essendon has a better side than that. And we have better coaches, better facilities. We've got all of the things around us. There's just a huge anomaly that's happening at the moment. So my, my positive is, is the players are going to come back different in the new uh, year. So I think part Scotty, of that... Oh, sorry. I was just sorry, is that going, Nick? Yeah, so part of that mental switch, I think, is um, everyone's had enough of Essendon being a very mediocre side. Like, we haven't been relevant for years. Um, so, you know, when people had enough, like Lloydy, uh, like Dean Wallace, like people came out and were very strong. You know, Rowan Connolly, who's um, one of the most positive blokes, knows everything about footy, he came hard at Essendon. And I think um, that does, like, surely that should start that, that um, sort of mental switch you're talking about there to go, nah, you know, we've really uh, reached a low point here. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Grant. Like, yeah, hopefully this is that start of that, that yeah. switch and the game on, boys. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, this. absolutely. Because forget about 2020. Forget about it, right? Yeah. Like it's, and if, if there's culture problems where the, the players don't want to play for the jumper or want to play for truck, then that will become evident. Right, because you'll be asking the boys to fire up and you'll be asking the boys to lay off the Krispy Kremes over the, um, over the off-season, right? Um, and the margaritas in Mallorca or wherever they're going. Um, lay off that sort of stuff and come back looking fit, come back with a fit attitude um, and start playing bloody hard like we did against that Collingwood game. Um, and you'll know the guys that come back looking like me um, at the end of a season and uh, they, their, their mind or their body isn't involved in it, then then whomever they are, catch you another day. Catch another day. If there's a VFL comp next season, mate, have fun down there. Um, and if you want to put in effort and show us that you want to play, back you come up. But you, you don't get, and I love this bloke to death, so it's hard for me to say, but you don't get the kind of leeway given to David Zarakis early in this um, season anymore. Mm. You don't do it. He's a senior player. I appreciate that. You don't often drop them. But five games in a row with single-figure um, disposals, nope. Not okay. So that's the kind of thing that you'd send everybody away with in their um, exit interview. Guys, next season, the, the hugs, the, the light and fluffy and the arms around the shoulder, it'll still be there if you genuinely need it. But we're going to play size 13s in your rear end um, from the moment you get back to pre's, uh, pre-season until the first game of the season. If you can't hack it, um, bugger off. Um, but if you, um, if you really want to be involved in the club, then we'll, we'll help you do it because we're going to throw every bloody resource we can at this. That's the kind of switch I think that the players have. The ability to do it, I definitely think they have anyway. So, yeah. I've got, I've got Scotty. Oh, sorry. 
Yeah, I was just going to say quickly, just before you... Oh, could you haven't had your chance yet, Scotty, but I was just going to say... I'm still thinking... <laughs> if I'm Ben Rutten, um, as bad as this season was, I, I'd imagine I'd have a lot of pressure off me in a way because mm-hmm. um, rather than being on me where there's a whole heap of expectation, what this year has done has driven Essendon's values so damn low overall in the media that um, we'll be expected to be poor again in... 2021. Um, so if I'm rutting, I'll be thinking, gee, if I get my players back, you know, at least most of them get through a full season um, on, and we get some good players in, we've got a great side to build around. You know what I mean? Look, it's not like we're a, a basket case where, you know, that year in 2016 where we've got like a VFL team. We've... Now, that dog agrees in the background. The dog totally agrees with everything you're saying in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that's him trying to shut me up, but um, yeah, <laughs> no, but um, that's the way I'd be thinking if I'm rutting on thinking pressures off me on in terms of you know no media outlet's going to p- pick us in the top four for next year, for example, mm. um, and I'd be thinking I've got the players that can actually be a final side. I need some complementary players to come in definitely, mm. but um, yeah, I think as a positive for him, um, he can really use this at preseason as a a real barb in his tail to say, no, nah, I'm going to surprise people the next year. Good. Yeah. Uh, look, okay. So my positive, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, look, my, you've all kind of mentioned, <laughs> each time I thought something, you guys, <laughs> would make that point. <laughs> all right, now right, I'm going to think of another one, but I'll just say what I think. Uh, the positive is, is, is Truck comes in as a sole coach and there's no transition talk. Uh, the club can have a, a clear mandate of who's the coach, you know, this is what I want. Um, I did feel like there was a bit of confusion this year, if I'm being honest, and I felt like the players in the end felt that as well. Um, if I'm Truck, my, com- my, my positivity is, is looking at the St Kilda situation, right, uh, I, I look at it and go, you know what? I'm coming up to a really key trade period. I reckon I've got 75% of actual really good list that of guys in the positions that I want to play to set up a nucleus. I think three to five of key reconstruction of this list, and it might mean giving up someone of of worth. Yeah. Um, yep. Great. Yeah, so, I, for example, it might mean, hey, I've got six small midfielders, so I may need to actually put one on the market to get a big-bodied midfielder and, and with a pick, you know, that, that kind of stuff. I think he's got a nucleus of, 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 of enough talent for a, a, for a turnaround in, in form. It's just how they go about it this year um, with Dodoro and, and how they assess that I, is the the thing that's going to really shape this club. So there's, there's enough. Uh, I, I really like our defenders. Uh, like I, I, we've said this on the podcast before. We've obviously seen Zerk Thatch in the VFL. And I've, always, I've, I've said this year, he's played three or four games. It's not even close to what Zerk Thatcher is. And I'm not quite sure what the reasoning is. Uh, and I felt like this with a few players, actually. I felt like for some reason our experience with the hub more than other clubs. And I, I can't work out why yet, but I've heard this myself. So I'm, I'm not even saying it's me, right? I've actually heard people who 
talk to these people. And that's all I'll say <laughs> that, that it has been a unique experience. And some people have really struggled mentally uh, and, and just had indifferent um, experiences. Um, and, and so you've had uh, a strange year from Redmond, uh, even Zerk Thatcher has nowhere near represented the Zerk Thatcher I know. So I know next year, once their heads right and it's back to normal season footy from Tullamarine, we're playing at a had, uh, we're playing on a dry game. We know it's not going to be a dewy game every single friggin' weekend uh, at Gold Coast or Brisbane. Uh, we, we can actually have a dry ball <laughs> that we can handball properly on that we're <laughs> used to. Um, have a proper preseason. I think there's a lot of players that are going to have a very quick growth next year. Like I think Redmond will get back to more the Redmond of 18 and 19. Uh, so I think Zerth Thatcher will come along really, really well. He, he, he'll know exactly that he needs to put on three, four kilo of muscle if he wants to compete with the bigger boys. Um, so I think there's like a lot of little elements that, that that's the positive. I, I think the midfield is not too bad. It just needs some tinkering. Um, uh, Langford's progression um, was such a key uh, this year for the end end up success for the club uh, because that role became quite dynamic. That kind of wing slash mid slash going half forward, he, he became he became the marking. He almost became like a, a Justin Blumfield in the midfield, and then became a a, 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 a decent half forward when he went there. So. Uh, and I think they wanted Cutler to do that role, but he just didn't have the chops for it. I'm, I'm just calling it as it is. <laughs> um, but he just, he just didn't work out. Um, and Langford did. So thank goodness for that. So the, I would still like them to, if they're going to persist with Parrish, play at Parrish's strengths. I still think there's some players aren't played where they're naturally gifted at football. And I think that's still a correction our club needs to make, uh, that there's some players that actually have a gift in one area um, and and just play them in that area. I know there's <coughs> Ridley, <coughs> Rid, Ridley. <coughs> yeah, just play them in the area that they're good at. Uh, and you know, if you if you have other problems elsewhere, you know, we need a defensive small forward or something. Then find it. You know, don't 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 grab, don't get a contested footy player who can give you clearances and, and move him around and and play him half the season as a small forward. I think Devin Smith's the interesting one for me. I'm not quite sure where he's at because uh, even with his form in the, at the end of the year, it still didn't feel like the Devin Smith I knew um, where he had the, the tackling record and everything like that. He was manic. I, I wondered how much he rec- his body actually recovered from that injury than, than we're led to believe because I never felt like he had the movement that I knew of Devin Smith. Um, so I'll be interested to see if his body hopefully takes another level up and we get, cause that, that was real, really missing. I mean, he was, he is a bit of a sledger and a bit of a talker and does a lot of physical work and a lot of pressure that we just missed this year. So there's all those like little stories within the, within the mm-hmm. side that you go, well, like if all this can, can improve and just, and not, no, I won't say magically snap into gear, but if, if, if 80% of those can just all be big improvements and get back to their old selves, then obviously we're, we're a lot, lot better club on the field. And then it just comes down to application, just how are you going to apply yourself in the off season? How are you going to um, approach yourself running out to a game? And we all know that we only won like two, 
two first quarters of kind of this year or was it three or maximum um mm. so uh, you know just that general um understanding what this year actually happened what had happened uh how we're going to look at that i i i'm i'm definitely willing to give truck every every space mm-hmm. in the world this year because I've, I've seen enough of training to know he's a strong leader um so i i i don't have an issue with that uh, he's he's gonna he would have learned a bit um but I, I, I just, I think I'm just curious to know what he, you know, ego. Is this the case of what you're really thinking, and now we're going to see it? Um, I, and and you know, they've been, they've already, you know, seven players have already gone right. So in some ways, there's been an, even an initial kind of like, all right, um, these these guys are gone. <laughs> like, um, so uh, it's it's all interesting. I, I the the brasher. Uh, and truck combination. I'm hoping there's an alignment there with with the CEO, with the Doro. I'm hoping they are all in a one room now, having a like a united front of where 2021 wants to be. Like and and the board as well. Um, that they're going. This is it. This is no. This is the game plan. This is direction. This is the strengths we got it as a club. This is the things we need to adjust. And here's the culture and attitude that we need to fix. Um, that. I'm getting clear from the play. So uh, to me, it's like I, I mentioned to um, uh, someone the other day and saying, look, that those exit meetings I think would have been so critical this year with it, with our club, because you, this, if, if every year to take it so seriously about what they're saying, just like, guys, tell us what you're saying. Like, um, you know, and I believe pretty strongly that Saad gave a very strong exit meeting um, and that's led to where, so, yeah. that's where it's led to where we're kind of at today. And, and I appreciate that from Saadi, but that's what we want, right? We want a bit of honesty and going, Hey, uh, cause I, I believe he called out some senior players uh, in, in the Intel I got that he called out some players saying they're not on board. Um, uh, either get them on board or, you know, we're not a, we're not a uh, all driven by one kind of theme at the moment. And, 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 and I'm after success. I'm, I'm in my mid twenties now. So what does my next five years look like? If I'm going to sign yeah. a full five year deal. It's going to, I need to know that there's going to be a, 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 an opportunity of success there. And I know people go on like, no, he's asking for money. Of course he is. His manager is. Yeah, of course he is. But there's, 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 there's much more deeper things in play um, that, that Saudi cares about just as much as, as a good contract. And I know, I know that. So that's, that's, that's kind of where I see there's, is it, like I said, it's it's the most interesting off season that I can remember um, mm-hmm. at Essendon because, um, like 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 you guys said, there's obviously Lloydie and everyone, everyone's hit this club hard, and, and you know, and there's a lot of concern around it, and 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 you know, uh, it, you know, it sounds terrible, but it gave me comfort that I saw Xavier look uncomfortable in the Crichton Medal. Like I know that sounds odd, but I was I was actually remotely glad to see him nervous, uncomfortable, um, doing a speech, uh, uh, and felt like he was under pressure. Uh, and, and, you know, i I believe the list manager is definitely under pressure. Um, so I think that's kind of where I want it to be because it should be because uh, a 13th is just done, not going to cut it. It's just not going to cut it. Uh, so interesting, interesting times, but thankfully, if look, if we needed to bottom out a bit this year to do it, then then I'll accept that. And but boy, I don't think we do need to. 
I, I don't think we did need to bottom out, honestly. I don't, mm. I don't think any club has to do that. But, I mean, we did is the, is the end result on that. Yeah. So I think that we did. So you can't do anything other than embrace it and go, right, what are the lessons that we've learned? And that's, that's I think, the other half of the, the off-field part for me is that the club, um, well, I mean, like I said, Scotty and I and Scotty mostly, we hear from the club. We, we hear from key people in the club and they understand. <laughs> Believe me, everybody that listens to this, they understand. And this kind of, uh, this when you said it's a unique uh, off-season, I think this is the first time in a good long period of time that I'm not looking forward to the kind of signings that we could get from, I don't know, from Dodora and those guys. Oh, are we going to get um, Jeremy Cameron? Oh, are we going to pinch somebody from here or somebody from there? I'm really honestly not looking forward to that. What I want in the preseason is to draft a couple of kids, um, get a few draft picks in. If we if we pinch Jeremy Cameron, yeah, great. That's that's awesome, right? And again, we'll build a, a 10-foot statue of Dodoro next time as opposed to an 8-foot one. <laughs> um, but what I want to see is the off-season, incredible um, training regime and the the messaging from the club and the messaging from the players and even better than the messaging, the actual actions of the players showing a club that is now driven to a single goal. That's what I'm really looking forward to in the off-season because you don't go through a season like this. You do if you're GWS or you're at the beginning or Gold Coast or North, their busted-ass outfit and all that sort of stuff, but not Essendon. I'm sorry. No way. We don't do it. We're one of the big four. We should be thinking like that. Um, and I think it might have been you, Nick, earlier that said, I think we're hijacking this podcast a little bit, but it might have been you a bit earlier that that said that there's there's times when we came out onto the field where we felt like we'd won the game already. Um, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 2000, that was it. And I, I always relate that back to um, the three-peat um, Chicago Bulls. Scott and I are massive basketball fans. The three-peat mm. Chicago Bulls. The the documentary they did on that, I think it might have been even been the Jordan Rules or something yeah, like yeah. that, where they they knew when they walked on that field, on the, on the um, court, they look at the opposition side. They've won the game by the second they run on that court. Mm-hmm. They don't have to do awfully much because they were all completely driven into the one area. They sure they had Michael Jordan, but um, I mean, with Essendon's midfield, we're, we're better than any team in the comp anyway, but um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> no, that's, the kind of thing that, that's the kind of thing that we don't have at the moment. When Essendon runs on the park, the likes of North and that can smell blood mm. and they can have a crack at us. And it's only individual acts of brilliance in our forward line that ends up helping us get over those games. If we get over those games. So that's the kind of thing that I'm looking forward to is that we have a, a, a team that comes out, gets real hungry. Um, like you said, Jakey turns, turns up with um, a 10 pack worth of abs <laughs> as opposed to beers. And um we start looking great for next year because we can turn it around quickly. Hello, Brett Ratton and the St Kilda Footy Club. Guys, um, you asked us a few questions during this podcast. I wanted to go through just a couple of players and um, just get your thoughts, where you think they're at, what's going to happen with them. Um, so if I could Shoot. Uh, fire, fire off a couple. Yep. Um, I'll start with an interesting player, Aaron Francis. Uh, he's been with us five years now, so um, he needs to start to cement or know where he's going to be headed. Where do you think he is? Scotty's, Scotty has uh, Scotty's studied that boy from a from a. From no, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm 
uh, player sponsor, Aaron. So it's 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 always an interesting one. <laughs> uh, look, uh, complete honesty, right? Uh, he'll know he needs to improve. Um, the club won't entertain um, trading him yet because the sheer fact is there's no value in it. Uh, and they don't want to do that to a, a pick six um, guy who five years in the system, um, probably two years mentally right to go into the system. Uh, so I think they're going to, they're, they're, you know, I know Dora is a big fan of him um, and what he could become. And that's, he's obviously got the potential tag, uh, but he needs to, he needs to show it. I, I think he's got his fitness to the, to the better level. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it probably wasn't ideal. Um, uh, has Ridley has Ridley pinched his Scott Scott uh, spot Scotty? Yeah, by far, by far. Yeah, hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, Aaron. So can Aaron, he play? Can he play in another position? So I interrupt. Can he? Can yeah. he play a different position other than what Ridley's done? The intercept, intercept mark, halfback. Look, he definitely can. Like he can play a straight up defender. He, he, he. But his instinct is to sort of lean off his opponent and try and intercept. So that you have to have a bit of a re-education because Ridley's now that guy, whether anyone likes it or not. And, and Aaron's got a bit of pressure of Ambrose coming in behind him, right? So because Ambrose is probably our best lockdown defender on the on the list. So that's that's he's got to really have a big off season. I'm my smoky is right. This is personally me, and okay. I have people. He's a gem. Look out. <laughs> I'm not afraid if there's just not a spot for them to, for him to try him in the forward line. Uh, I actually think as a junior, he was a very, very good forward when he played there. And he, any time he played there for the Essendon Football Club when he he's, was not right, like he just wasn't right. And yeah. I, So now he may not like that as much as <laughs> me saying that, but I still think, if the Ridley and say Ambrose is hundred percent fit and he's on song and Ridley's there and you know, Hurley comes back, then I can't see an obvious spot with Redmond. If he's on form um, a lot, there's a lot happening. It's hard because mm-hmm. McKenna's left and Saad could be leaving. So there's a lot to play out. Um, but I still think Aaron is a gifted marker and reading the play. And I think that leads to also a, a gifted forward as well. So, and he could be an X factor for our forward line. And he's a, quite a good kick for goal. So uh, there's a spot for me for, for him there. Um, but he, he needs a big off season, but I, I hope you can read between the lines in this for an, a very big introvert. The hub weirdly does him no favors mm. um, uh, for his, the way he's made up the hub situation uh, being around 24-7 around players. I know this sounds funny because some, where instead of going home for five or six days and just as being himself and but being I've got to talk to, I'm going to have to have to talk to someone constantly 24-7. It, there's some personalities it just doesn't work for. And I think I, I'll be interested. I felt like he was on a really good path. Like at the end of the, the previous year, he started to just show some glimpses. And I thought at the start of the year, the preseason, I went, oh, now you're starting to show a bit more. Then they went to the hub. Everything smashed. And I just felt like it didn't suit him personally. Um, that's all I'll say. But just, I think there's more growth there that's going to come on next year that you're going to see more at the, the Etihad situation and, and him just being able to just go to the game 
um, train and, and and live with his brother and or whatever um, at his home and, and have that comfortability. So I, I definitely I'm on the keeping list. So that's the longest answer. So should we just keep him on? <laughs> yeah. Now he had a huge year at the back end of 2018. Those last ten games where he was just taking all those marks. That's, and, that's me. That's what I remember. And I'd just love to see him get back to that. Um, yeah. Marty Gleason. That's an interesting one because. The AFL.com are reporting that he's triggered a contract extension. So I thought he was a free agent, but um, it says there that he's triggered an extension for next year. Do you find a spot for him? Because I can't because, uh, you know, because of Ridley and I'd like to see Francis back there. And um, yeah, what happens with Marty Gleeson in 2021? Um, I worry for Marty that he's lost a step. Mm. I, I worried. I, I saw Marty got beaten several times um, this year, and look, Marty Gleeson. If he's around next year, I'm okay, and I'm, I'm okay with that, right? Because veteran leadership down back, and when I say he's lost a step, he's probably lost a step, just the one. Um, but a bit of veteran leadership down back is never a bad thing, right? But. I'm a bit, like you said, if we want to get the kids in and have Francis and Ambrose walks back into my side the mm-hmm. second he's fit, right? Um, so that's Ambrose. Then you've got McKenna to replace. You can't replace him with Marty Gleeson, so you've got to replace him. But if we want to get Francis in that side, and if we are honest, he's a better player than Marty's going to be moving forward, um, I worry that Marty could be a top-up player um, for us, meaning... Um, he'll play the majority of his um, season in, in the twos and we'll bring him in if there's injuries and the like. Um, if he's triggered a, a, a contract extension, then good on Marty and honour it, absolutely, because he's good leadership down the back and he's a good veteran um, voice down there. And he can still go. He's, um, he's still all right. But I worry about Marty. I think this could be next year, could be his, um, his last season. But then again, you've got to, with all of these player analysis that us experts... Um, are uh, are putting out there. Um, you've got to put a bit of a uh, what's the word? You've got to look through the glass of it was a weird ass season, right? So is is Marty like Mason Redman is a much better footballer than he was this year, right? So don't 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 count on Mason doing that again next year. And it's there was a couple of combinations for for Mason, but the hub and that sort of stuff has seriously affected players differently. So you just, I just don't know whether or not Marty will come out and be the old fashioned reliable um, Marty Gleason next season because of this weird way we've played and the whole season worked out. And the fact that the ball was hammered into our back line so many bloody times this season because our midfield wouldn't run in the opposite direction. So I worry a little bit for Marty, but if he's there next season, I'm okay with that. I suspect that ankle injury uh, had a big toll on, on his movement. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be. Could that was be a really bad ankle. That was a bad, bad injury. Yeah. Um, could be not as young as springtime anymore. And I so. felt like he never came back from that. And whether, yeah. whether, he needs a, whether it needs a year to, to get it back, I don't know. But he, he's definitely on the um, could go either way kind of yeah. moment in his career. Yep. Uh, last player for me I want to ask about is um, Mac Welfy. I thought he had a good back end to that season, especially throwing his body at everything. But um, do you think the reports that he wants to go home, do you think they're true? Uh, I don't look, I don't know if they're true. I haven't heard that from anything 
from internally. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, I, I don't know. Um, he's, look, he's such an interesting player. He's one of the hardest to read because uh, when he's really good and he's really upbeat and physical and, and his head's in the game, he actually can be a really impact player. Uh, he's kind of like your 10 possessions, but can do a lot of things and, you know, do a lot of smothers, a lot of one percenters that, that gets you the ball back. Um, but yeah, he, he, but he does have limitations. Like mm. he, you're going to get to a certain point where you go, he's not going to be a star and, mm-hmm. and he's, um, but he'll, he'll give you a real contest. Uh, and, it's it's a it's a really difficult one. Um, I know he really wants to play midfield, um, but he obviously has been listed as a halfback because of our situation. And um, I felt like um, some cl- clever smaller forwards had a hold of him at the start of the year, uh, yeah. where he just couldn't keep up. Uh, uh, and then for some reason, the last five games, it felt like he clicked. And, and I don't know if he's. Biz- um, and maybe you guys can tell us. I'm just trying to think back. Did he did he go to more to a wing or a more higher? But I, I don't know if his role changed a bit. But he seemed to be more in the game anyway. Yeah, he seemed to go. I thought more to a wing, um, and and obviously working back defensively. But um, yeah, he just seemed to throw his body at everything, and I yeah. thought that was kind of refreshing. We hadn't had too many players doing that, and. Um, yeah, he, he wore a lot of bumps and bruises. You, you saw him pretty sore during games, but mm. you could see why as well because he just, you know, so, yeah, you know, I thought, thought that was really promising from him. Yeah, his skills are limited at times. I think he can blast kicks, of, you know, anywhere at times. But um, I did like his uh, endeavours anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, and Nick, did you want to ask a few players that you had? to ask about? No, mate, like, I mean, I think we've sort of rattled off um, through them. Um, so I think like, we all seem pretty um, you know, on the same page that uh, it's not completely, um, uh, you know, sort of uh, out, of the, out of the waters. Yes, we need a lot of work to, to go into this off-season, hopefully pick up some, some quality players as well as some young kids uh, to develop. But um, no, I think there's a... There's enough young players to, to really work with. So, um, yeah, let's hopefully um, hope Rutten does show that strong leadership. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to sort of back him in and, and give him all the opportunity um, that he deserves as the uh, new coach of Essendon. It's one, of, it's one of those painful things that we just have to do that. Yeah. We, we, can't, we can't be <laughs> jumping up and down because the players are, are sitting on a beach with their, um, with their lovely enjoying some sunshine right now, as they should, yeah. and we're all still stressing about a season that was lost and stuff. So we just gotta, we've got to be... We've got to be patient now. <laughs> I know it's that, that bloody word. Um, but we've got to be patient till the new year. And then we, when they come back, we can see how they're going. So... Um, we've got some young talent there. We've got some good talent there. If we can sort out what the hell's going on culture-wise, then we're, we're not too far off it. Exactly. And it's obviously a big big three or four weeks coming up uh, with, with who's staying and who's, who's going. So we'll, we'll, know, we'll know a lot more um, with that. But look... I can't thank you enough, guys, for joining the show. Uh, it's been this awesome. Been, this has been fun. <laughs> no, really, we're so grateful for the opportunity. Um, you know, obviously, as I said before, we listen to you every time you do a podcast. I'm, I'm a Patreon member as well, so I get those special shows as well. So, nice. um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it feels a bit surreal I'm talking to you guys. So, uh, thanks again. And 
Mate, you want to say something? Yeah, no, I really appreciate the opportunity, guys. Um, again, like, uh, feels like we're all part of the, the one Essendon family and it's uh, yeah. it's good when you've got people to suffer with. Um, so, yes. um, <laughs> it's a bit like that, isn't it? Because that, um, that, that's the thing I've picked up. That's the thing I sort of picked up. I went, damn, these boys are doing the same hard yards we are. Every week. Oh, we're, we're... Hard. You started on a hard year. Yeah, yeah you did. <laughs> right, boys, jeez. Um, and I, I'm, just, I'm just getting to know you boys now. I'm going, geez, yeah, they're going through the same hard yards that we are every week where you, I, I ring Scotty and I go, yeah, right, let's do the aftermatch show. And you go, oh, man, I don't want to. I don't want to. This is getting real hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, good to see you boys are there with us. Well, that's the thing. And I think, um, look, there's been a lot of talk that we are losing a lot of our supporter base. And look, honestly, even even myself with a couple of young kids, um, it's very hard to get them to say, no, the Bombs are a good side when yeah, we're just yeah. not performing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, my son is all, oh, he loves Nick Nat, so he goes for the Eagles kind of thing. And, uh, you know, as much as you'd like to go, no, well, you're not part of the family anymore. But um, no, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but like, I do hope that um, other fans that, um, like, do have a sense of optimism and do rejoin the club. And I think, like, you know, shows like us, it, yes, it hurts when you have a, and it's, it's hard to do another podcast when you have another bloody loss kind of thing. Um, but we need to stick fat um, and stay together because that's how we remain strong as a club. No, I, that's it, the, sorry, Scotty. I was going to say, it, 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 I, I totally agree. It's, um, it's by far the toughest year we've done our podcast on because, well, unfortunately, we're, we're naturally optimists. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so it's been tough. And, and you probably sense the year goes on. I mean, you, even with, listening to you guys, uh, you see that shift of mindset and when, and when it clicks and you're going, Oh, damn it. We're crap. Like, <laughs> like, like uh, you find that realization that you're like, Oh no, we're not that good at all. Are we? Uh, yeah, it's like two, two games in a row. We've lost. Hey, it's okay. We'll win this next one. Oh damn. That's three in a row. Oh uh, no, we'll win this next one. Definitely win this next one. And then the realization comes around where you go, crap we're no good at the moment we are no good it it is look it's been a tough year and um and sometimes these forums can be good because they're therapeutic that you're talking it out um we we made the silly decision of doing immediate after game reactions as well (laughs) for our our patreons and that's 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 been tough because they're a lot of fun man they're a lot of fun when we (laughs) emotion at best and uh, sometimes I just wanted to press that crickets button for 20 minutes. Um, and so that's how I feel. But it, it, look, it is what it is. Um, we're all passionate fans and we, we, hope, we hope next year is we can get some joy. And, um, and look, even just for society, right? I mean, it's been a tough year all around for, for community, for, for football, for bushfires at the start of the year. It's just been a year that, that uh, I think we're – We'll, we'll all remember, but we'll all be, you know, when it's, uh, I was mentioning to my wife today, I said, have you ever, the New Year's Eve will be just so big this year. And I know it's oh, another day, yeah. but it's just the psychology of it, of just 2020 ending um, will just be so different this year. It will have real meaning, like just, when, you know, thank goodness that year ended. So, I, look, I, I just want to go back to my routine, seeing the guys train, seeing the preseason, seeing the young kids develop, seeing Harrison Jones with five more kilos on his shoulders and, and seeing taking speckies. You know, and then I, I know I get suckered in and my optimistic side takes over and say, all right, yeah, we're going to be in it. You know, so I just, but I, I want to feel that way. I just want to feel excited about footy again, go out, go out to, to go out to the games, have the crowd again, um, seeing the bomber faithful. And so look, we hope for a, for a big year next year, but 
thank you so much guys uh it's been awesome uh, so much appreciated uh don't where can we find you where can where can our listeners find you boys yeah, beautiful. So it's uh, just Don's Cast um, podcast. And uh, yeah, if you want to contact us, give us some feedback or whatever. Uh, we're donscastpod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, we're on Twitter at uh, donscastpod. Um, so yeah, happy to hear everyone's feedback. Good, bad, indifferent. Um, bring it on. And uh, yeah, thanks again for, for having us on the show. Oh, no, our pleasure. Our pleasure. So thanks, guys. Uh, thanks, Grant, for coming on as always. Yes, mate. Um, thank you, boys, for, having, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to uh, everybody real soon. Scotty and I are going to be doing some more shows um, leading up to Chrissy, talking about the trades, um, working our very hardest to, very, 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 very hardest to get some key people on from the show, uh, from the club um, to talk about trades and the like, but uh, can't say too much. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll be doing a few more shows um, leading up to Chrissy. So thanks, thanks to you guys and thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Don's Cast. Uh, check out both shows and we'll see you all very soon. Bye.